Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. We've been shaped by stories our entire lives. When we were younger, they were read to us at bedtime. They come from our teachers in class and friends in hallways. We see them in our favorite movies and TV shows. We relate to them, visualize them, and share them. Jesus understood this and chose to teach through stories. We've been shaped by stories our entire lives, but the stories told by Jesus were meant to give us life. His stories were called parables. There is no fear in the spirit of God. Fear is from the enemy. Fear is not something that the people of God will cave to. Right? We, we look at we look at trials not as, as trials but opportunity. This is an opportunity for the church to rise and to be who the church is called to be, to bring life and hope and to see to see to see things change. You know, sometimes it takes a trial. Sometimes it takes a pressing. Come on, somebody. If you need new wine, what do you have to do? you got to be pressed. It's going to be pressed. And, and so we look at this, and we're not going to cower. Today, we're going to switch things around a little bit because our president has called us to have a national day of prayer today. He has made this a national day of prayer. And, uh, and so we're going to do things just a little bit different. These guys, we're going to, if you go ahead and bring my stuff, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into kind of a short teaching. I'm going to try to make it short. You know what that means for me. <laughs> um, no, but I, but I feel like God gave me some specific things to say to help set our minds right so that we're prepared. And then we're going to finish out today. I'm going to have Marcus come back. We're going to sing that song again. We're going to proclaim that again. Um, you know, sometimes, let me, let me say this to you. Sometimes I know, I know, I know, I know that the older generation, hear me for a second, that we like our hymns. And there's something absolutely beautiful and poetic about hymns. And I know sometimes we don't like saying the same things over and over again. Like I've heard people call them 7-11 songs. Seven words, 1100 times sang, right? <laughs> Listen to me, every once in a while sometimes, you just need to say some words. And you need to say them again. And you need to say them again. And you need to say them again. And the reason is not because you're being repetitive. It's because you're... It's repetitive learning. Right? It's, it's, it's the renewing of my mind to say, you are the healer. You are the one. God, we put all of our trust in you. Man, that his power is available to us this morning. Right? I mean, when they, when they sing, freedom is here, it's, it's here. You just got to take it. 
right? Like we just have to actually step into it. We just have to accept that this morning. And so um, if you would, we're, we're not going to meet and greet today. And then listen to me, that's not fear. That's just called social responsibility. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Right? Listen to me. We don't fear anything, but here's what I do know. We got some old, a lot of older folks in our area, right? So as much as possible, we're going to do safety things. You notice we're doing coffee a little different. We're going to do some other things different. There's soap in the bathrooms. Hey, man, wash your hands. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like, and all the women said amen. Right? Right? But listen, listen, in all seriousness, we're not going to fear, but we are going to be socially responsible. Does that make sense? Right? We're going to find that place. So we're not going to do a meet and greet this morning. And some of it is we're just kind of meeting people where they are. There's some people that have anxiety. Um, There's some people that have fear. I want to talk to that just a little bit this morning. And then we're going to get into a time of just bombarding heaven with prayers today for our leaders, for our country, for our people, um, and most importantly for the church to be the church during this time period. Does that make sense? So if you would, let me pray and then I'm going to have you sit. We'll jump into the word real quick. Father, thank you uh, for this time. Thank you for your presence that is so thick here this morning. And we choose above and beyond fear and anxiety above and beyond all the madness that's going on in the media (laughs) above and beyond toilet paper hoarders right we 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 choose by faith to know that you are god and you are in control today and we give you honor and praise and you're just as much in control today as you were six months ago you'll be just as much in control next week and in the weeks to come whatever we have to live through go through help our neighbors with Whatever the story is, God, we are your people. And we're going to be your people. And we're going to bring your glory through it all. We ask it. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Would you have a seat for a moment? Have a seat for a moment. And um, man, if you didn't get a, an experienced guide, uh, the, the ushers will be happy to bring you one. I'm gonna, I want to jump in uh, because, like I say, I want to give us plenty of time at the end today. Um, and... Um, I really, uh, I, I was thinking about fear, anxiety, all those things. Like I say, if you didn't get a guide, they've got them. If you need a pen, just raise your hand. They'll bring that to you. Um, but I, I'm really, um, really excited to talk to you today about what I think God, God gave me and something he gave for me to say to you today that, uh, that I think is really, really important. And it, it has so much to do with us dealing with anxiety or fear. Anybody here ever deal with anxiety? Anybody? Come on, be honest. Look around. I just, I just want you to see you're not an only person, right? Like, like we all have anxious moments. We all have things that we deal with. And, and so today I want to talk about dealing with that in a healthy way. I want to talk about being successful kind of in the way that, that we deal with that and, and how we kind of overcome. But I want to do it through a parable. We've been, we, we started a series on parables. And so I, uh, I grabbed a parable for us to look at this morning and, and I want to, um, to read it for you first. So I'm just going to, I, I, I want to read through it. I want to, and, and you're going to hear me kind of switch up because the last 24 hours, God has taken me on a roller coaster of how to speak life to you this morning <laughs> um, and how to encourage you this morning. Um, you didn't know this, but Friday night about six o'clock, I got the phone call that we couldn't have church here. <laughs> so the weekend's been kind of interesting, right? Um, to which then it turned around and Principal Randolph made a few phone calls and um, they made an exemption to allow the church to be here, although no other activities can go on on the school campus. 
So, um, yeah, so, so God's good. And uh, even in, it's funny because my wife looked at me when I got the phone call and she was kind of ready for me to kind of do the freak out thing, you know, and she kind of was looking at me, we're driving and she's looking at me, she goes, well, I said, well, let's go home and watch a movie because there ain't nothing we can do right now except say, hey God, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? And four hours later, I got the message. Y'all are good to go, right? And sometimes I think we react to things. I know I do. Anybody react instead of respond? Anybody ever, anybody ever overreact? Don't raise your spouse's hand. I'm just, right? Like, let me read you, let me read you this, uh, let me read you this uh, real quick, this parable. It's in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. And what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. So the parable right before this, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he picks up, and this is another parable, and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. It says this, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them uh, with his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug a hole and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, remember, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven. So you've got to figure out to see yourself inside of this, right? God is the servant. We are the ones that are given different talents. So we're trying to kind of picture what Jesus is trying to say to us here. He who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Those those are words I want to hear. Anybody else? Right? Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we're going to talk about today. You have been uh, faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He, he also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you had, <laughs> I knew you to be a hard man. Come on, man. Right? I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered those seeds. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master answered you wicked and slothful servant. Slothful servant. Um, You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I could have received Uh, What was my own with interest? So take the talent from him and give it to him who had the ten talents. For to everyone who has, who, who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. I'm not going to get into politics today, but pay attention. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's break this down this morning, but let's ask God to help us. Father, as we look at your word and we break this down piece by piece, would you speak to our hearts? Give us revelation and understanding, Holy Spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me start back at the top. For it will be like a man going on a journey 
who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. Okay? So God is the, God is the owner, right? And we are the servants. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Catch these words. To each, according to his what? According to his what? Okay, now remember Jesus is telling us a parable so that we can see ourselves in the story. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got something. Turn to your second choice and say, you got something. Right? Listen, listen. If we're going to see ourselves in this story, I need you to hear this. You got something. God has given you something. Now, he has given it to you according to what? According to your ability. Right? Let me tell you a story. There's a lady named Martha Berry. Martha Berry had this vision way back, turn of the century, way back. She had this vision that she wanted to train up children and she wanted a children's home and she wanted to teach and she had all these different ideas. She had nothing but a vision. She had no curriculum. She had no building. She had no nothing. So she made an appointment with the richest man she could find to make an appointment with. And at the time that was Henry Ford, right? Ford Motor Company. So she goes and she meets with Henry Ford. She says, here's my vision. Here's the idea. True story. He reaches in his pocket, pulls out a dime and hands it to her. Now, most of us, if we're honest, would be like, are you, are you serious? A dime. No, 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 not Martha Berry. She said, thank you, sir. She walked out of his office. She went to the store and she bought seeds. She planted a crop. She sold the crop. She replanted the crop. She sold the crop. She did that until she could buy a building. She went back to Henry Ford and she said, sir, let me show you what your dime has done. And she showed him the building. And Henry Ford was so impressed. He wrote the largest nonprofit check that had ever been written to that time, over a million dollars given to her. Listen to me. That's the story. You've been given something. Like you have something to work with, although most of us don't think we do. Right? Most of us spend our time looking at everybody else and and, and worrying about everybody else. Many people are looking at everyone else and saying, why doesn't God do for me like he does for them? Here's the problem. Here's number one that we need to remember. You need to master your mind. You need to master your mind the way you think, right? Right now we need to master our mind because our mind is going off into fear land. Yes? Right? Like we, we overwatch the media and we overwatch the media to the point where we're just like, oh, maybe I need to go get a mask. You know? And apparently, somewhere along the line, there was some subliminal messages, you know, through Fox and CNN that said, you need toilet paper. Right? <laughs> what is that all about? I don't get anyway. Right? But, 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 but listen, listen, the, the, the reality, we've got to master our minds if we're going to be successful in dealing with life. Come on, how many of you know stuff's going to happen? We live in a sinful world. Come on, the coronavirus is not the last issue that we'll see right? It's, it's, just, it's, it's just another issue. But listen, let me remind you of something. God did not, a few weeks ago, this thing fires up in China, right? A couple months ago, probably longer than that. But God didn't come up off of his throne and go, oh my gosh, COVID-19. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. Matter of fact, I almost thought, think he sat back and he went, hey, watch this. And he bumped one of the angels and he pointed at his church. 
And he said, watch this. Watch my people, the people who trust me, the people who know who I am, the people who trust in my prayer. Watch them step up and rise and glorify me through this whole process. Listen, we all have something in our hands, something that we can do. But it's funny because if you go back to that story, most of us, like the dime or the whole, you got five, you got two. When we're the one who got one, one of the things we like to say a lot, and, and, and you hear this in our culture, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. Can I say this to you? There's only one fair. It's in April. It's out there at the fairgrounds. You know what I'm talking about? Listen to me. God is smarter than anybody. And he gave different to different people. Why? Based on their what? Ability. Why would he do that? Because he's unkind? No, actually because he's not cruel. What happens if you give a two-year-old a power tool? He hurts himself or someone else. I give according to ability. And so I want you to hear something. If you're going to master your mind and understand what God is trying to do in your life, number one, my ability is my responsibility. My ability is my responsibility. Do you know what that means? That means it's on you to develop who you are. I mean, it's on you. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because you're here this morning. But to be in church and hearing God's word regularly, to get into a small group that challenges you and pushes you forward, to read your word. Lord knows if we read our word as much as we watch Fox and CNN, there would be toilet paper on the shelves. Right? I mean, if we, if we read and we, why, what are we doing? We need to master our mind. We've got to master our mind if we're going to be successful to do what it is that God has called us to do. We've got to start with a realization that God gave what I have. It's all his. That's not your car. That's God's car. That's not your house. That, that's God's house. Right? He, he is the owner of all and we are stewards. And so we have to learn to be boss of our thoughts. You can't be boss of your thoughts. If you're not boss of your thoughts, you can't be boss of a company. If you're not the boss of your thought, you can't be the boss of a family. You can't lead anything until we get to the point where we learn to master our mind. Do you know the wealthiest place on the planet? Where's the wealthiest place on the planet? Cemeteries. Lost dreams. Unfulfilled ideas. Right? That went buried because of fear. Because of people who didn't master their mind, who never fulfilled the potential that God orchestrated them to do. Because they did not realize you have something. There's something in your hand. For those of you, as we go through this, and we're going to go through it a little bit, right? Some people are going to get sick. We've got closures. We've got different things. We've got some economic struggles that, that are possible. But as we go through that, we've got to master our mind. And say, God, who's in control, and it's all his in the first place. Give me wisdom, God. Maybe, maybe God's okay with allowing some of these things because we actually turn around and trust him on a day-to-day basis instead of monthly when the bills come. Right? Maybe it's not so unhealthy for people to be slightly desperate and out of control. Do you know what anxiety is? Anxiety goes back to the garden. It's when they were separated from God. Right? When Adam and Eve went and they had to cover themselves up and they felt shame. Anxiety is separation from God. If you feel anxiety, it's because you feel far from God or lack of trust in who he is. And what he'll do inside. Right? And, and so God's people have to step in and we have to step in to a situation just like this. 
They go, fear? What do I have to fear? I mean, come on, somebody. Worst case scenario. Let's play worst case scenario. Um, I die. I'm going to see Jesus, somebody. You know what I'm saying to you? I'm real happy about that. Listen to me. That God's people would come to a place where we go, I don't, I don't fear. I have eternity waiting for me. And I have purpose to fulfill in this place. But if I'm going to do that, it's going to take mastering my mind, right? We have to master our mind the way we think about what we have. You have to master your mind by developing the mind of Jesus through his word. You cannot have fulfilling success without God's word planted in your heart. The, the, the parable goes on. The, the end of, of, of uh, verse 15 says this. Then he went away. He gave him all the talents, and then he went away. I love that part. He gives it and then walks away. Well, now what? So here's the question. What are you going to do when nobody's looking? Number two is, we've got to master our morals. We've got to master our morals. Here's, here's morals. You walk into the store, and there's one box of sanitizer left. No, I'm serious. Right? Listen to me. God did not put us here to take care of ourselves. Right? We've got to be healthy, but he put us here to take care. So I got to Dollar General yesterday, and I was trying to get some antibacterial soap for you guys for the bathrooms, right? To make sure we had, so you, everybody could wash your hands today. Man, wash your hands. You know what I'm saying? Right? And when I got there, this is dead truth. I walked into Dollar General, and I'm like, they ain't got jack. You know, I walked down the Lysol wipes aisle, empty. I walked out, Right? I come around the corner where the soaps are. And this lady literally, here she comes, walking out of the back with this little box. And it said dial on it. And I said, uh, what you got there? She said this uh, antibacterial soap. It's the only box we got in on the truck. And like everything inside of me wanted to go, run. But you know what? I stood there for a second and I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, please give me. Like, what is responsible? What is wisdom? What is... And you know, I took a certain amount, and I took quite a few, but I left some, and as soon as I walked away, there was this old couple that came walking down and grabbed a couple, and all I could think was, that's, like, that's, that's who we need to be through this process. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Right? Like, we're smart. We're, maybe we're not shaking hands, and we're doing the socially distancing thing, but we've got to master our mind, and then we've got to master our morals in this whole process. When we don't think anybody else is looking, that we make sure we're healthy in the way that we do this, right? Many are delegating our morals to whatever we hear on social media, Fox, CNN, movies, whatever. It doesn't matter what everybody else says is normal. I have people come to me every once in a while, Pastor Mike, I want to preach. I need a microphone. To which I like to say, I tell you what, I'm going to give you a mop. Let's see if you master the mop. We'll work on the microphone. Right? And then you'll get that personality that goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing all that. I'm ready to preach right now. I'm going down the street because they'll give me a microphone. And they probably will. But listen to me. Talent is not enough. Talent will get you on the platform. Character will quickly tear you off of it. We have to master our morals in a time like this, that we're thinking things through, not just for ourselves. Listen, the reason we're, the reason I bumped elbows with people this morning instead of shaking hands is not because I fear it. It's because I recognize we have a high population of older folks in our area. 
That's what the people have said. It is the older folks, right, that are at more danger. So it's just being smart. Like when we deal with this, when we deal with crisis, if we're going to be successful, that we master our mind. Yes. You following me? That we master our morals in what we do. And number, number three, let me read the, on in uh, verse 16. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. Number three, you need to master my motions, master my motions, my mind, right? My morals and my motion. What do I mean by motion? What do you do? What are we going to do as a church? I don't know, but Mr. Randolph and I talked all week long. And one of the issues right now is a lot of the kids that are on free and reduced lunch are not going to have lunch for the next like two weeks, not just spring break, but a week on. Now, for some people, they go, well, they shouldn't have been on free and reduced. I'm not getting into politics with you. I'm just talking about need. And so I want you to understand, I talked to him. I talked to the chief of police. Chief said, if y'all need mobile trucks, our mobile trailers, we'll give that stuff. Let me know what's, and so we're working with the school board and the school here to figure out what it is. Listen to me. It is time for the church to stand up, right? Like we need to master our motion. What are we, what are we doing? What are we doing through this whole process? It's healthy for you to make some decisions around your house. It's healthy for you to do some things and be healthy in the way you interact with other people. But it is time, listen to me, for the church to rise. It is not time for the church to go hide what God has given us until he comes back and get the response that he got. Are you you following what I'm saying? And so we're going to be updating you. After, right after church today, okay, the elders and some of our staff are meeting. We're going to have lunch together. We're going to pray. We're going to talk about possibilities and what God would allow us to do to reach our community. And so we'll be updating you regularly as things change and opportunities come. We'll let you know what opportunities we have. Church, it is time for us to rise, right? It is time for us to do something. It is not time for us to fear. We have no fear, right? But we've got to master what we're going to do. Use what you have. Start where you are. Do what you can. Do you hear me? Use what you have, start where you are, do what you can. Success is not found in numbers or responses. It's not the way people talk about you and it's not the size of your bank account. Success is found in obedience to what God calls us to do, right? And that's who we need to be through this entire process. Is a group of people that are not playing. How do you know, how many of you know that a team cannot win always playing defense, right? And so as a church, we're gonna play some defense. Right? We're going we're to put some hand sanitizer. We're maybe going to bump elbows. We'll decide what's healthy for our kids' ministry. Everybody going into kids' ministry today, they had hand sanitizer for all their hands. I mean, we're going to do all of those things, right? But now we're also going to turn around and use this opportunity to say, well, how can we bring glory to God? How can people know and come to understand who Jesus is? Because his people rise up. Because we're not a people of fear, but we're a people that push in and love and serve. Come on, somebody. Right? This is, this is, this is who we're called to be. So Jesus is going to ask us, what did I do? What did, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? Matthew 25 and 18. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Let me stop there for a second and just say this. Your view of God determines how you use what he has been, what he has given you. Your view of God determines how you use. In other words, what did he do? He's like, well, I, I kind of know you're kind of, re- if you have this Zeus picture of God, you know, the, the, the mythological God, Zeus, 
If you're, if your God is standing up there with a lightning bolt going, go ahead, go ahead, be stupid again, go ahead. Well, of course you're going to react to him in a different way. Right? Of course you're going to cower and be like, oh, hope I didn't make God mad. No, 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 no. The God of the Bible, my God that I read about, says he's a dad who loves you. Has your best, yeah, he's going to discipline you, but he has your best interest. And when you view God as a giving, loving father who wants to give his best gifts, well, then you'll turn around and do the same to other people. Right? That, that, that's, that's about our view of God. That's back to mastering our minds. Matthew 25 and 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came in and settled accounts with them. Whew. I wrote this down. Today, God has given us time to work on our abilities. Some of you haven't even realized that he's given you some time to work on your abilities. Right? Remember when I said your abilities are your responsibility? He's given you time. And the whole time we were going, God, why don't you bless me? Why don't you give me more? Why don't you take care of the situation? And he goes, you're not ready yet. You're the two-year-old with a power tool. I need to see you. I need to have you grow up a little bit. I need to see you push in and have a relationship with me. Right? You are not in a holding pattern. You have been given time to develop what you have been given. So you're ready to handle what he has for you. Let me keep going. Verse 20. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He who also had two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Question. Are we faithful like the servant that was not given as much? Do we look at what we have and go, well, I don't really have that many talents. I don't really have that many resources. I don't really have that much stuff. And all the time, God's saying, I've given you exactly what you need today. And see, fear and anxiety sets in in a time like this. <laughs> Why over toilet paper? That still is, is weird, right? What, what, is it, what is it about squeezing the Charmin that brings some kind of... <laughs> Listen, every single one of you has been given something. You've been given some resources and your heavenly father is not cruel to not have given you more he's given you to your ability and he's saying i'd like to see you develop what i'd like to see you take the dime and plant some seeds right i'd like to see you work on what it is that i have given you matthew 25 24 he also had received the one talent came forward saying master i knew you had to be a hard man come on dummy Right? You, you had to be a hard man reaping where you do not sow and gathering where you gather no seeds. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talents in the ground. Number four, we've got to master my mouth. Come on, somebody. Can I add to your mouth your posts? <laughs> like in this time period of any other time period, we need to speak life. We need to speak hope. We need to speak against people's anxiety and their fears and their understanding of who God is and that he, he, has, he has more, right? 
that our God will do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever wish or imagine. Come on, somebody. I believe that's in the Bible somewhere, right? And, and, and that we would speak this kind of life. Listen to me, when you see some new article about this and now it's mutated and it causes you to grow another forehead, I mean, don't spread this, come on, right? That that we master our mouth. Listen, the way you're speaking to your coworkers right now, you are perfectly designed to be the light where you are. You are perfectly designed to be who God's called you to be. We got to master our mouth during this time period. We don't speak death over people. We don't speak anxiety. We don't speak fear to people. We speak life. God is on the throne. He's sovereign. It's amazing this morning. I was texting back and forth with a whole bunch of pastors. A whole group of pastors I was on a big thread with from Ocala and a whole group of pastors from here in our area. And we're all texting. And it was so encouraging, like back and forth. We're we're just like typing all this stuff, like scriptures back and forth to each other. And He's sovereign and on his throne and in control. Somebody else is like, amen and hallelujah. This is what I'm preaching today. Listen, they got me so fired up. (laughs) Right? Just just speaking life into me this morning. Right? That that we would speak life into each other. Come on, somebody. That God's people would master our mouths. So let me challenge you. This, This is the challenge I felt like God wanted me to put to you. As we step into the coming days, we don't know what it looks like. We don't know how long it's going to last. We may have to alter our lives a little bit, right? We might be uncomfortable. We're spoiled brats anyway. Probably wouldn't hurt us. Right? We're all about quality of life and how things look for me and feel good for me. Come on. And and, and sometimes maybe it's not so bad to be uncomfortable because it gets us out of this rut this rut of Republican, Democrat, rah, 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 rah. This rut of, oh, you go to the Baptist church. <laughs> We're non-denominational. Come on. And if we'll be a part of it, if we'll, if we'll master our mind, right? The way we're thinking, what we're saying. If we'll master our morals, the way we go about, listen to me, and we don't cheat even when we could. Because things are going to get a little bit weird with businesses and all kinds of different stuff. Come on. You could, you could, you could change some numbers. You could, you, you know what I'm saying? That we, we master our morals. That we master our emotion. What we're doing, what we're putting our hands to is about God's business and what he would call us to do. And then last and certainly not least, <laughs> this crazy thing. Right? That this thing would become... A beacon of light that speaks love and encouragement, right? And and God's still sovereign and he's still in control. Yeah, but do you see what's happening? I know it's crazy and God is still in control. So whatever, listen to me, whatever it is that God would like to see us walk through for the next weeks, days, months, I don't whatever, whatever. Guess what? That's in God's, that's, that's all up to him, right? That is all up to him. And we are his people. And so through whatever it is that he calls us to do, we're going to do those things. Master my mind. Master my morals. Master my motions. Master my mouth. Amen. Right? Right? That we would do that. Now listen, here's what I want to do. We're going to close out a lot differently today. We're going to spend an extended amount of time in prayer. Because that's what the president asked us to do. As a matter of fact, I want to read you his declaration. 
This is the proclamation on the National Day of Prayer for all Americans affected by coronavirus pandemic and for our national response efforts. So this is directly from the president. He wrote this. In our times of greatest need, Americans have always turned to prayer to help guide us through trials and periods of uncertainty. As we continue to face the unique challenges posed by the corona pandemic, millions of Americans are unstable or maybe even unable to gather in their churches, temples, synagogues, mosques, other houses of worship. But in this time, we must not cease to ask God for added wisdom, comfort, and strength. And we must especially pray for those who have suffered harm or who have lost loved ones. I ask you to join me in a day of prayer for all people who have been affected by the corona pandemic and to pray for God's healing hand to be placed on the people of our nation. As your president, I ask you to pray for the health and well-being of your fellow Americans and to remember that no problem is too big for our God to handle. We should all take heart in the holy words found in 1 Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Let us pray that all those affected by the virus will feel the presence of our Lord's protection and love during this time. With God's help, we will overcome this threat. On Friday, I declared a national emergency and took other bold actions to help deploy the full power of the federal government to assist with efforts to combat the coronavirus pandemic. I now encourage all Americans to pray for those on the front lines of the response, especially our nation's outstanding medical professionals and public health officials who are working tirelessly to protect all of us from the coronavirus and treat patients who are infected. All of our courageous first responders, National Guard, and dedicated individuals who are working to ensure the health and safety of our communities and our federal, state, and local leaders. We're going to pray through all of those in just a bit. We are confident that he will provide them with the wisdom they need to make difficult decisions and take decisive actions to protect Americans all across this great country. As we come to our Father in prayer, we remember the words found in Psalm 91. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. As we unite in prayer, we are reminded that there is no burden too heavy for God to lift. Come on. Or for his country to bear with his help. Luke 1 and 37 promises that. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And those words are just as true today as they ever have been. As one nation under God, we are greater than the hardship we face. And through prayer and acts of compassion and love, we will rise to this challenge and emerge stronger and more united than ever before. May God bless each of you and may God bless the United States of America. Now, therefore, I, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim March 15, 2020, as a national day of prayer for all Americans affected by the corona pandemic. And for our national response efforts, I urge Americans of all faiths and religious traditions and backgrounds to offer prayers for those afflicted, including prayers for those suffering harm of their loved ones. And it ends up with just a final uh, 
proclamation. And so that's what our president has asked us to do. And so I felt like that's what we should do today. Is that all right with somebody? So here's, here's, here's what I'm asking you to do. For some of you, this will be a little different. That's okay. Different is it's not bad. It's just different, right? I want to invite you. You are welcome to sit right where you are. Okay? For some of you, you may want to come and kneel at the altar as we pray. Some of you are pacers. I'm a pacer when I pray. Like when I, when I pray in my office, I'm like, come on, God, we're going to, you know, kind of thing. If you need to get up and pace and you want to go back at the back here and pace or something, I just want to give you freedom. There's freedom here to pray and to connect with God. Uh, but I will ask you this. Whatever you do, try not to distract anyone that's around you. Does that make sense? Right? And so um, I'm going to just call you for the next probably... I don't know. We'll see what God does. Maybe 10 or 15 minutes or so longer, if that's what the Holy Spirit tells us. Uh, we're just going to go before God on each one of these particular areas. Is that cool? Is that good? So I want you to feel freedom now. If you want to come to the altar and pray, if you want to stand, if you want to do that as I start to pray, just feel freedom in this. Okay? Feel freedom in this. So God, we come before you. And um, we thank you for our president. Regardless of political arguments, God, regardless of whether we vote for him or not, I'm thankful for a president who would quote the scripture. Thank you for what you're, you're doing through him and in him. I pray, God, that he knows you close and that your Holy Spirit speaks into his heart and into his mind. I pray, God, over his cabinet. We ask that you would continue to bless them and give them wisdom. We pray over the COVID-19 task force that's been put together. Our Surgeon General and Ben Carson and some of the other experts that have been put there, God. We pray your wisdom just beyond wisdom. Your, your creative and witty ideas and understanding. Father, would you help them to see the little things, the, the trends that are happening as, as this virus is being dealt with across our world. Man, that Holy Spirit, you would have them to pay attention and see the things that make all the difference. We ask for that great wisdom. We ask, God, that you would bless and give wisdom to our Congress, all of our legislators. Father, we pray for, we pray for a ceasefire between the two sides during this time period. We pray for a, a, a unity, God. We pray that old trenches would be put away and that, that people would unite and meet in the middle in areas where we need to come together. And so, Father, would you use this? As, as, as our president said, it might be a chance for us to be more united than ever. So would you use this in our, in our, in our legislature to help to bring some unity in areas where we need to, to bring us together to serve the people and the common good? Father, I pray for our governor, for Ron DeSantis. I pray wisdom, strength, clarity, vision for all the decisions that they are making literally moment by moment. For all the administration that is around him, those that are speaking into him. God, I pray you give him wise pastors who are in prayer and hearing from you to be able to speak into his life. God, we pray for our, our local government. We pray for our city commissioners here in Leesburg. 
those in the surrounding areas, our county commissioners. Father, I pray right now for Chief Robert Hicks, our chief of police here in Leesburg. Give him wisdom and understanding as to what it is that you've called him to do. Father, we pray for our first responders. I want to stop there for a moment and pause and let you pray. Would you pray there to yourself? It doesn't matter if it's out loud or just to yourself. Would you pray right now protection over our first responders? Our firemen, police officers, EMTs. Thank you, God, for our everyday heroes. Ask your guidance and protection. I pray, God, right now over BJ, who's one of ours here at the church. He serves in the fire department. I pray your safety and protection around him, wisdom for all that he has to do, God. Let's take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and pray for our local leaders. Whether you pray for a particular city commissioner, county commissioners, just take a moment and, and, and ask God to give them wisdom, understanding. Maybe listen to the Holy Spirit. He might speak to you something specific to pray that he wants you to pray over a particular person or mayor. moment to pray for our Lake County School Board, Sumter County School Board, surrounding school boards, Marion County. Got so many decisions to be made. Help them to put down the politics and come together for the greater good. I pray, God, a, a clarity and an understanding. Would you pray right now for our school boards? Pray for Leesburg High School as we're here. Pray for Mr. Randolph. God would give him wisdom in his administration here. Pray for the teachers, other principals in our area that have so many different decisions to make and concerns. Come before you, God, crying out that you would be with them. I just felt it in my spirit some of them are dealing with fear themselves. So we speak life. We pray an opportunity for one of your people to come in contact with them encourage them maybe even have an opportunity for them to come to know you personally Jesus let's take a moment and, and pray over our local businesses we got small businesses and local businesses that are struggling Restaurants are kind of low right now. Different things. Would you would you pray as God leads? Maybe there's a particular business, or maybe it's the downtown area and the growth there. Let's ask God to do something miraculous for our small business owners and our business owners in this area. 
God, for the backbone of our community. They're the ones that sponsor T-Ball. They're the ones that buy cheerleader outfits for that group, uniforms for this group. And so, God, we pray your miraculous hand would be upon every one of our small business owners, our business owners in this area. Give them wisdom. Give them a tenacity, God, that they may need in coming days. Matter of fact, God, above and beyond, give them wisdom that they would have a blessed time out of nowhere. That your spirit would do something miraculous. And they would see growth in their business even through the chaos. Because of the wisdom that you give them. for the other churches in our area, our other brothers and sisters, some of whom are gathered this morning, some who have chosen not to. Let's pray that God will bring strength and purpose and life into them. Let's pray God will give them amazing creative ideas on how to love and reach the community through this. Pray for our pastors that So many of them over the weekend were wondering, am I making the right decision, the wrong decision? What do I do, God? God, we cry out right now for the pastors in our area. I can't name them all, God, but I'll name a few. I pray for Pastor Steve Yates at Frontier. Bless him, God. I pray for Terry Mahan at the Father's House. I pray for Randy Gideons at the Warehouse Church. Cliff Lee at First Baptist. David Miller at the Fellowship. David Stauffer at Morrison United Methodist. Pastor Hurley at Faith World. God, I know there's others I'm not naming, and I don't mean to leave anybody out, but I just wanted to speak life over some particular names. So would you give wisdom for the leaders that you have put in place over the people of God in our area as we try to serve and guide the church to rise up and be who you called us to be? Father, we pray for those right now who are sick. Those across this world and even regionally that have flu right now. We pray and ask that you would give peace and guidance in that. We pray against hysteria and reaction. We pray, God, towards rational thought and healthy practice. Father, help us in that. Help us to master our minds through this whole process and the fear that comes anxiety. God, you're so good. And we forget your greatness. We forget how amazing you are, God. And so we take that moment to stand on that reality. You are good. You are good. We give you praise and worship and honor. take a minute and I'm just going to be quiet for a minute and would you listen to the Holy Spirit for you the Holy Spirit might speak to each one of us differently today on what it is that you should pray for next and families or people or whatever if you want to come up to the altar feel free to do that but I'm just going to be quiet for a minute Holy Spirit speak
We are your people gathered here in this place today to hear your word and to bring you glory and honor. Would you help us to do what you've called us to do today? To master our minds, the way we're thinking, and the things that we're allowing into our minds during this time period. That we'd master our morals, that we would make sure through this time period that we stay on what is righteous and holy. We would master our motion that we would not just be doing out of nerves or or anxiety, but we would be moving purposefully and intentionally because you are directing us and guide us on what decisions we should make and the things we should do. And certainly, God, we ask you to help us master our mouths that we might speak life and love everyone that you have put in our sphere of influence and everyone that you've given us the opportunity to do life with so we ask that you ascend us today with a new mindset to do the will that you have for each one of us in our neighborhood at our workplace schools if, if school, when schools come back in guide us God to be your people We'll trust you in the coming days, no matter what, because you're God, you're sovereign, and you're still sitting on your throne. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say, amen. Marcus, can we sing that song again? Healing is here. Come on, church.